Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Joining me today is Daniel Santos, author of Life is Inevitable, a YA fantasy novel with gripping issues relevant to today's society, such as bullying, suicide, abuse, and neglect. And it combines with paranormal elements to create a story that pulls you in from the first page. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on the author. Daniel Santos is a 21-year-old young adult author born in Manila, Philippines, who immigrated to the U.S. at a very young age. When he's not listening to music, playing video games, or just doing things people his age normally engage in, he's typically writing. Daniel's writing usually consists of fantasy fiction that delves into the paranormal, and he likes to focus on characterization and letting the readers get to know his characters. He genuinely believes that we often learn more from fictional characters than we do from real ones. Life is Inevitable is his debut novel. To learn more about Daniel and his work, visit his website at danTheAuthor.com. Well, hi, Daniel. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Oh, hi. Good to be here. First of all, you know, congratulations on publishing your debut novel, Life is Inevitable. Tell us a little bit about your writing journey. Like, when did you start writing? Have you always wanted to be an author? And then kind of what made you decide to actually sit down and write a book? So when it came to writing, I really started writing when I was trying to learn the English language because I immigrated from the Philippines, mm-hmm. which at first I hated learning reading. Like I would literally cry every time my mom pulled out a flashcard. <laughs> but eventually I got the hang of it and I started writing. I wrote short stories. But as I got further into school, like middle school, high school, I had to write essays and the essays were just terrible and the right it was a terrible experience i would just go into class they'd say you have 45 minutes write an essay mm. and so i started losing my interest in writing at that point just because all i was writing was academic papers which i hated mm-hmm. and eventually i thought i decided okay i have to write something i actually like just so i don't lose my interest in this hobby So I started writing short stories again, and eventually I had a good friend of mine who, during my senior year of high school, she passed away, and so that's when I got the idea for Life is Inevitable, because Life is Inevitable, a lot of it came from her life, like from what I knew about her, Mm -hmm. because she didn't have really a good life. Uh, She ended her life, that's why I um, wrote the story based on like topics of like abuse, suicide, stuff like that. And at first I finished the first draft and then I put it away because to me I was like, okay, well that's like my therapy is done. Mm -hmm. I used to have writing sort of as therapy. So I put it away for a while and I just went through like life for the next few years, just graduating high school, going to college and Eventually, my second year of college, I got a temporary job at a hospital. And even though I was just a screener at the hospital, I was actually working in the emergency department at the front entrance. And that really stressed me out because when you work in the emergency department, you'll see a lot of things you don't want to see. 
So at that point, I went back to writing as like a form of therapy. And then eventually I saw the story about my friend again, because when the patients reminded me of her. So I decided to turn that story into a book because I wanted to use it to help other people. Oh, wow. That's an amazing story in itself. Yeah. So your friend was the inspiration behind the story. Yes. So you put it away for a while. Had you finished it at that point? Or when you pulled it back out a couple years later, did you have some more work to do on it? I finished most of it, not all of it. And I did have to like reread it just to remember it. And then I finished the rest of it on the first draft. And then I rewrote the first draft a couple of times. And then I went on to looking for an editor. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Now, I thought you have a great cast of characters. And can you tell us a little bit about the main characters, Brennan and Olivia, mainly? What motivates them? And tell us a little bit about them. So Brennan, which... I mean, when you read a story, most people say, you know, don't self-insert, like, don't make yourself one of the characters. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, Brendan is kind of a self-insert. But to me, if you're going to self-insert something, actually make it, like, real. Don't just make him a perfect human being or the kind of person you wish you want to be if you were perfect. Mm. So Brennan, he is, well, hot-headed. He is hot-headed. He's impatient and he acts on impulse. He also lashes out at other people. I'm not that way anymore, but I would say back in the past during my school years, I was that way. Like, for example, if I were, if you knew me back in high school, you probably wouldn't like me very much, which I'm sure a lot of people can agree. Like, if you <laughs> ask my teachers, like, hey, do you remember this guy? They're like, yeah, 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 I remember him. <laughs> so I kind of based him off the flaws I had. And I did give him some of the strengths I had at the time, like assertiveness, although I kind of took it overboard, just like Brendan took it overboard. Mm. And that confidence, he also had that. And then Olivia was based more on some of the traits I wish I had and some of the traits my friend had, the friend who passed away. But she's more compassionate, but at the same time, she's more timid. And yeah. she tends to shrink in times of stress. But the good qualities about her is that she is very compassionate and she wants the best for the people even if they've wronged her and i would say what motivates them brennan even though he's very impulsive and very like self-determined like he's very determined to set to do something when he makes a goal he still is motivated by other people because he is greatly affected by the people in his life and olivia since she doesn't really have that much people in her life uh she is more self-driven like she doesn't think about other people's view about her as much as she says herself. Yeah. Okay. I thought you did a great job with your characters. Um, I really enjoyed watching them grow throughout the story. What was your biggest challenge in, in writing your characters? Biggest challenge for me was giving them their personalities and keeping it consistent or at least keeping a consistent change. Because they aren't like carbon copies of each other. They're very different from each other. So while I was writing the point of view from each character, I had to keep in mind their personality and everything they did. So I had to, a lot of times when I was writing, I had to like backtrack to previous passages and remind myself like what they did and how they are. Because I wanted the change they made. Because they do change throughout the story. Mm -hmm. I want the way they change to be at a reasonable pace and makes sense 
Yeah, yeah. Was it challenging to write from the female perspective? I would say yes, to a certain extent. Before I finished that book, I actually watched this video that was satire. It was a satire video on YouTube called How Male Writers Write Female Characters. Oh. And I realized I was giving them a lot of stereotypes <laughs> that were criticized in the video. And I thought, okay, yeah, I, I got to change that and make them more interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I, I need to look up that YouTube video because, and I'm sure it, it's the other way around too. You know, females probably have a little more difficulty writing male characters because it's not our experience. So yeah, you're writing from a different experience. I want to talk about the train station. I love the idea of a train station being purgatory. I thought that was really clever, really fun. How in the world did you come up with that part of the storyline? Well, my family is Catholic, and so I was inspired because of their religion to watch Dante's Inferno, mm. which Dante's Inferno is um, based off an old play. Uh, but I remember in the second, like the sequel to it, he was traveling through purgatory. And the way purgatory was in Dante's Inferno, the sequel, was that it was a world like that connected two worlds. He was traveling from purgatory in efforts to go to heaven. And to me, a train station is a way to just travel. So I kind of connected it like, okay, the purgatory in this religion is a place to drive you to another world. Then I would say a train station is very similar because you go to a train station and the train station takes you somewhere else. It's not your final destination. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, very clever. Yeah. I love that your angel and his personality is kind of He's kind of out there. I really love that. And he balances out some of the heavy issues that you talk about in Life is Inevitable. Because you do talk about some heavy issues. Which part of your story did you have the hardest time writing? I would say the hardest part was writing the, some of the more graphic scenes because it is heavy issues. And I was wondering to myself, like, should I hold back? Should I censor myself a little bit? Because it is, you know, a young adult novel and I don't want um, say disturb people too much but at the same time I wanted to show it for what it actually is mm -hmm. so in the end I decided to show it in a way that in what I call the true way which to me when you show something in a true, in a true way you show it the way it actually is in real life you show how bad it actually is because you want to like show that it's a terrible terrible thing and you want people to understand it better so I decided to go with that route and show it for what it really is, even though it is brutal. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes it more realistic to me. And I feel like we need to deal with these hard issues. So, yeah, it's kind of heavy at times. But the way you you wrote it was, was realistic and authentic. And so I, I'm glad that you did it that way. What do you hope readers take away from Life is Inevitable? Well, there are two things I hope they take away from it. The first one is about the heavy, well, actually, they're both about the heavy topics, but the first one, I would say it's more hopeful. It's in the sense that if you can't find any help or you just think there's no one out there to help you, you're either not looking at all or you're looking in all the wrong places. Mm. So, for example, Brennan, he was looking in all the wrong places. You know, there are some characters, I'm not going to spoil it, but there is some characters out there who wanted to help him, but he wasn't looking there. He wasn't looking for help. 
in the right people so he didn't find it just like a lot of people in real life they might say oh there's no one out there to help me but in reality they're looking for the wrong people like for, for example their parents might help them but they're looking for help in say a friend that has no interest in them that's an example of them looking in the wrong places mm-hmm. and another example is not looking at all because again some people say oh there's no one to help me but in reality they're too scared to actually go out and find support Mm. So that's the first thing I want them to take away from it. The second thing is that even though the story has a um, theme of reincarnation and going back, I don't want people, young readers, because, you know, younger people are very impressionable. I don't want them to think that after something like that, like a suicide attempt, they can just jump right back like the characters did, because I want them to realize that it is a hard process to come back from that. Yeah, yeah. What kind of feedback have you received from readers so far? From readers, like just regular people read my book, they really like it. Uh, I did have one neutral review or or neutral or good. Some people, they look at three, three stars review different ways. Mm-hmm. But it was a three star review and it was actually very constructive. Like I read it and I was like, okay, this is what I need to improve on. And if I had contact with that guy, I would have said thank you for this. But other than that, I mostly got four and five star reviews, which I was very happy about. They praised it for, you know, depicting the hard topics in a way that's realistic and authentic. At the same time with auditorial reviews, so far they've been good. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was definitely um, criticism that they wanted me to improve on, which I appreciate getting. But for the most part, I usually got good reviews. Good. It's nice to have feedback from a variety of people. Now, did your family know you were writing a book? They did the moment I announced it. But at that point, I was already six months into writing it. And they were surprised, shocked. Like, I remember I posted it on my social media on, like, Instagram and Facebook. And I just hear my mom scream from her bedroom. I saw (laughs) there was something wrong. And I checked, and she's like, oh, you're writing a book. And I was like, oh, so that's why you're screaming? <laughs> Nothing else? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. She was excited. <laughs> yeah, she was. Oh, that's nice. I, I've heard of people just kind of hiding it from their family. And just, I don't, I don't know how you do that, first of all, I guess, if you're living with them. So do you have a writing ritual or a writing process? What does your writing routine look like? First off, I always change my background picture on my computer to my little brother just because he motivates me. Oh. And then I turn on music. And for me, when I write, I usually have like a idea of how it's going to start and how it's going to end. Because I'm not really much of a plotter, which in writing, people say there's plotters and pantsers, where plotters, they plan out everything in the story. Mm-hmm. And pantsers, they just kind of, it's called discover writing to you, where you just start writing. Me, I like to plot the beginning and the end and everything else I write along with it and that's how my first draft is because my first draft is pretty much me getting all my thoughts down and then the second draft involves me doing a lot of developmental editing I pass it on to beta readers first rewrite it and then pass on to a developmental editor rewrite it and then I just keep in contact with that editor until I get the story the way I want it to be and then I just do all the technical stuff with other editors like copy editing, line editing, and proofreading. Okay, wonderful. When you were writing, did any of the characters go off in a direction you weren't planning on? 
not necessarily the characters, but a lot of the events went off that I wasn't planning on. And so I reread it and I decided what to keep and what to cut. Because I remember I did cut a lot because there's a lot of stuff that I realized were just filler, like mm. stuff that didn't really add to the plot of the story. Mm-hmm. So I cut that part out and just left mostly stuff that moved the story forward and while leaving a, some narrative and characterization in there. Okay. So what do you like to read and which authors have inspired your own writing? So what I really like to read is mostly YA novels and something called light novels, which light novels are like novels off of TV shows that are very simple and they're really popular in Asia. But for most part, it's YA novels and light novels. And a lot of people, especially my teachers, will say, why would you do that? You know, you can try something more sophisticated. But personally, for me, that's what I enjoy the most. And as for authors, there was one recent author that I got into reading. I know his last name was Levison, and he wrote books like Every Day, which Every Day was also a body swap book, mm. just like mine. And But other than that, I wouldn't say I really have a favorite author because I just start reading whatever I like. I don't like pick out a certain series from a certain author. I just find a book I like and I read it. Yeah. What do you like to do outside of writing? I really like making content on YouTube. Like in the past, I did something called AMVs, which stand for anime music videos. I would edit clips together, add effects, and make a music video out of it. I even went to um, a contest in Seattle, Washington for it, which was really fun. I got in a, in a panel of editors and we just talked about our hobbies but other than that, I also made content on YouTube about music, where I made music, which it was in the spoken word category, which mm-hmm. a lot of people confuse for being rap, but it's not really rap. It's more like poetry with a musical track behind it that's more freeform. Oh. But I added my own touch to it by making it sound like a punk rock song. So I was doing stuff like screams, voice stares, growls, uh, stuff like that. And other than that, I also... Know, talk to my friends because since we're in college uh, they live quite far because they're in uni so we usually talk online at night and we'll play games together and I even got to the point where we got so invested in one of our games that we started playing in tournaments for money we never won anything but we at least had fun doing it <laughs> are you in school now yes I actually just finished my summer classes Oh, nice. Okay, wow. Well, congratulations on going to school and writing a book. Wow, that sounds like a heavy task load. It does feel that way sometimes. (laughs) What are your plans for future writing projects? Do you have another book in the works? Yes, I do. And this might seem like a spoiler, but I'm writing a sequel to the book. That's my next writing project. Interesting. Did you plan on telling the story in two parts when you first started writing? Or did that kind of just happen... Well, I wasn't planning on making it two parts, but after getting to the end of the first book, I realized that it was a big climax and nothing after that really compared to that moment. Mm. So that's when I decided to make it a first book because there wasn't really anything that compared to the ending of the book that was actually that was as interesting as a, a, that I was writing next. So I decided since I already reached the climax, I would end the book there where it was interesting and then I started the new book 
And also the new book is a little more different than the first one but and a little longer because right now we're splitting it into three acts just because of the size of it. And yeah, so it wasn't planned to be a series. It just ended up that way. Oh, okay. Well, nice. That's exciting. Now, based on your debut writing experience and then your debut publishing experience, is there any advice you like to give to aspiring authors? Well, when it comes to writing, you have to realize that there's a lot of work to it that you will start off with basically nothing and you have to work up to something like an actual well-written product. And you have to realize that the further into that process you get, the harder it is to want to keep going because eventually you're going to want to quit. Like you'll be rereading your manuscript so many times that no matter how good it is, like you could write a very good story, but if you've been rereading that manuscript and working on it so many times, you're going to start to nitpick at it and you're going to start to hate it. Mm. And then when it comes to publishing, you have to realize that it's a marathon. It's a long process. There's a lot to do. Like there's marketing, there's talking to other people, networking. There's a lot you have to do. And there's so many people, especially self-published authors, who give up in the first months because they're like, oh, well, I didn't make anything or I barely made anything. I'm going to give up because this isn't for me. But you have to realize that it takes a long time to build an audience because it is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Yeah. Well, Daniel, is there anything else you wanted to add today? Well, I would just like to thank all my friends who kept me sane while I was writing. Like I just log into their Discord server and I talk to them a few times a day or even for hours at a time just because... No, when you're writing, sometimes it gets frustrating. Like if you're experiencing writer's block, that gets frustrating. Or you just get tired of writing so much every day that you become burnt out. But my friends, they were there to just like motivate me to keep going. And they were like an outlet for me to express any of my frustrations. So I'd like to say thank you to them. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, you need that kind of support. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing a little bit about yourself and your work. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Daniel Santos, author of Life is Inevitable. To learn more about Daniel and his work, visit his website at dantheauthor.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com.